Yo, welcome to another episode of the Alan Q Chronicles. My name is Alan Q, and this is my podcast. Yo, shout out to you guys. How's everybody doing? Hopefully, you're doing good. Um, tonight is I'm doing this a late night session, late night episode. It's about 11:45 p.m. About to be midnight. And um, I don't know, you know, I do these episodes randomly. I just felt the need just to talk about um, about a few things. You know, one of the things that I was thinking about was the value of friendships. And, um, you know, I shout them out whenever I can, but I don't think I would be where I'm at in life if it wasn't due to my friends. You know, um, I don't have no family. I don't have, um, I never was raised with a father, you know, and as a kid, I always looked up to my friends and I don't think I ever told them that, you know, I looked up to my friends and I looked up to their fathers, you know, I would try to learn from them. And, um, now that I'm a grown man and my friends have families of their own, I just, reminisce and think about the times when we were kids and how we are still friends for example my friend Curtis on shout out to Curtis Billy he's Native American part of the Choctaw tribe Um, you know people may not know this about me but one of my best friends was named Curtis Billy I met him when I was five years old, no lie. Um, I grew up in a trailer park in the city of Norwalk, and I grew up very, very poor. I I already stated this in another episode, but my mom rented um, the little room that we had in a little four-wheel mobile home to like a drug addict couple. Of course, she didn't know they were drug addicts, but they would shoot up heroin all the time, and I wouldn't want to be inside, so I would always kind of roam outside, but that's that's a little bit later in life. But anyways, when we first moved into that trailer park, um, I met Curtis by walking around. I was like five or six years old, and I was walking around, and um, he was playing by himself. And um, I remember approaching him. True story. You know, he can attest to it. And um, I said this already in the last episode. I'm sorry, but I approached him, saw him playing. I, I'm not lying to you guys. I was must have been like five years old. I'm in my mid-30s. So I'm not going to tell you how old I am, but I still remember vividly. <clears throat> I wanted to play with him, and I asked him what he was doing. He said he was playing. I said, what's your name? He's like, Curtis. He's five. I'm five. They are two five-year-old kids. He's like, what's your name? I go, Alan. And I told him, do you want to be my friend? (laughs) And he said, yeah. So I sat down and I started playing with him. My mom was going like hysterical because his trailer was about like 20 trailers. Not 20, but maybe 15 trailers away. So I was pretty far. Long story short. Me and Curtis are still friends till this day. And, you know, I went out with a few friends, um, had a few drinks, 
just got home and um, I was like, dude, I'm going to do an episode because the value of friendships in my life are not just very special, but <clears throat> I don't know if I would still be here if it wasn't for my friends. So this is probably one of the overdue episodes I have. Um, just to shout out my friends, you know, all my true friends out there. Um, especially in the last few months, you know, I've been going through a lot. I think, you know, yeah, every 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 one of my inner circle friends have reached out to me, but um, even even coworker relationships, you know, there's people that shocked me reaching out to me, like I was completely shocked. But then there's people that it was disappointing that I thought we were friends. But I never heard once from them. So, you know, kind of sucks, you know, when, when you're off of work due to personal reasons and, you know, people that claim to have your back, claim to be cool with you, claim to care about your well-being are gone. So it's good, though. It's good for me to realize who these people are. It's good to me to not give them that much credit it's good to me to not exaggerate their place in my life you know but um if anyone's listening i would advise you to do the same you know this life is short and to be around people who act like they care act like they love you act like they have your back and when push come to shove or when shit hits the fan they're nowhere to be found i don't think that's healthy for you you know, so um, just wanted to say that, um, you know, I, I really love doing these episodes, um, especially lately. Um, I've had random people reach out to me and it's crazy. Uh, people I wouldn't expect, you know, so shout out to you guys. Thank you for listening. Um, I do this for you and a little bit for me, but it's mainly for anyone out there who feels hopeless anyone out there who who feels alone anyone out there who feels like giving up you know my message to you is don't give up you know i've said this before it's a famous quote you know but sometimes just staying alive is an act of courage that's all you got to do you know but um I've had many friends that have committed suicide. I don't want to say many, but a few. And I've had a few that unexpectedly died because they were drinking the pain away or abusing drugs and overdosed. So, um, like I said many times before, if I can make a podcast that can change someone's mind, if I can make a podcast episode that can make someone kind of think twice then for me, this is worth it. You know, if you need a friend, I don't mind trying to be your friend. I know that I say try because you can't just be anyone's friend. You know, there's a lot of people out here that um, may not be good to you, may not be good for you. And, you know, I've learned that. But I don't mind trying to be your friend, you know, if you feel like giving up on your life. Um, I've been off of work for a long time, actually, a few months. 
and that is because I'm going through a lot of things um, in my life, but also um, my my professional life. There's people that I feel should have been terminated, are not terminated, should have been fired, should have been let go, should have been suspended. You know, I work with a lot of toxic people that don't get disciplined. And that perpetuates the behavior even further. You know, recently I've heard that, you know, my manager is transferring and my director is retiring. And this is all after a lot of issues and a lot of things have hit the fan. And it's sad because instead of disciplining people and um, creating a peaceful environment, a professional environment, it's kind of, I don't want to call it running away, but you're not doing your job. You know, so um, I bring that up because during this time in my life, I got to do what's best for me. And my mental health comes first before anything, before anyone. You know, if I'm not right mentally, I cannot take care of patients. I work in critical care, adult ICU, neonatal ICU. I got to be focused. And these toxic people take away that focus. These toxic people um, distract me from providing the best patient care. So I think the responsible thing to do is take a step back and analyze whether I can put up with these people or not. Whether I can expose these people or not. You know, I'm a strong individual. I feel like I'm a strong individual, but even the strongest people need a break. You know, a lot of people always claim to have my back and claim to be my friend. But when shit hits the fan and I have a dark day or I go through a dark time in life. You know, that's when I see who my friends are. So to anybody listening, please don't just call anybody your friend. You know, you never know who's out there praying for your downfall, pretending to be your friend. You really don't. So, you know, protect your heart, protect your mind. Um, Surround yourself with good people. You know, if you're anything like me, you know, I consider myself an empath. Um, You're big on energy. I can tell when people are not for me just by walking into the room. Maybe not all the time. I don't I don't like to assume that I know what everyone's thinking, but I do feel energy and I do take it seriously, you know, and I can I can really feel when someone's for me or when they're not you know so sorry guys um i like to switch up my uh, background music i'm on spotify and i just like listening to r&b i like listening to different tracks and um yeah, that's what I like to do, you know. Uh, I'm big into music, not to change the subject, but um, I'm big into music.
hip-hop, R&B, reggaeton. I'm very diverse when it comes to that. But yeah, for anyone listening, um, you know, choose your friends wisely. Surround yourself with good friends, you know. Um, There was a quote on Instagram that I read. It said, um, you know, fire and promote accordingly. You know, and it was talking about friendships. You know, this is your life. If someone doesn't add value to your life or adds to your peace, then you know what? Let them go or keep away from them. You know, you got to take care of yourself. And this is what this podcast is about. You know, taking care of yourself, um, being unapologetically yourself or myself. Um, sharing with you my life, you know, right now, um, maybe one day I'll share it on this episode. I'm just not ready to, but I'm dealing with a lot of things with my mother, with my grandmother, with my health, um, with work, the work stuff, like I said before, it's completely unnecessary, but it's there. And it distracts me from what really matters. The people in my life that are dying. The people in my life that I care about. The people in my life that I love. You know, a lot of people may say, well, you know, you're letting that get to you. You're letting this. No, I'm not letting nothing. You know, people have emotions. I'm a human being. If I'm not okay with something, I'm not okay with something. That doesn't mean I'm wrong. You know, if someone violates you in any kind of way, shape, shape or form, then you have that right to process how you feel. And you decide what you need to do. You know, and I guess that's what I'm doing now. Deciding what I need to do. I may transfer out. I may resign. I may further expose these people, you know, and I'm talking professionally. Either way, I got to do what's best for me. You know, always do what's best for you because take it from someone who has no family. I don't have anything in life, okay? Um, things didn't work out with my ex a few years ago. And ever since then, I haven't really met somebody. I don't have no kids, single guy. But even, even then, even with this, I still rather be single than be with the wrong person. I still rather be single than be with someone just to say I have someone, you know? This is a track right here in the back. So I don't know if you guys know J. Cole, but I fuck with J. Cole. But maybe because we're around the same age. But yeah, you know, take care of yourself, guys, because in this world, there's a lot of haters that would love to see your downfall. That would love to see you self-destruct. You know, every day I try to be a better person, try to be a better man. Even when I go to work, 
I try to stand up for others, stand up for myself. But like I said many times, it gets draining. It gets draining to always have to be defensive and always have to expose people and say, hey, that's not okay. That's not right. Racial slurs are not okay, you know. Anti-LGBTQ speech when you work in a hospital environment is not okay. Because what about your LGBTQ patients? Just a lot of nasty stuff that you would think, oh, just reported to HR and that's it. No, no, no. I've done that many times. And nothing has happened. So, I don't want to make it too much about my professional career. But that is part of my life. And that's also a big distraction to the things that really matter in my life or that matter more, I should say. Like my mother, my grandmother, my health, my family that needs me. But at the same time, I'm struggling with my health. I drive myself to surgeries. I drive myself to hospital visits by myself. If I'm lucky, I have a friend take me. So another reason why I decided to name this episode, you know, friendships, the value of friendships. Because without my friends, I don't think I would be the best version of myself, you know. My friends make me the best version of myself. And I love them for that. You know, I I was telling my friend, um, my friend Juan, he was telling me, you never let friends borrow money. You know, it creates problems. And I respect everyone's opinion. But I told my friend Juan, well, actually, I had a friend that let me borrow quite a bit of money. Cash. And he's like, how much? And I told him $10,000. He's like, are you serious? I go, yeah. He's like, did he pay him back? I go, yeah. Every last penny. But this is a kind of loan. We're not talking about equity from a house, guys. We're not talking about equity from your car or a sale of a car. We're talking about my friend's life savings to help me out out of a tough situation and me being broke and me working hard the following year to pay him back the entire $10,000. So shout out to my friend Hector who's a RN now. At that time he wasn't though. He was barely getting by. So Just to share with you guys, you know, you all have your standards, you all have your beliefs, but uh, if my friend ever needed money, and I'm talking about a close friend, um, I most likely would let them borrow it, you know, but you got to be in my inner circle, so please don't come asking me, hey, I heard your podcast, let me borrow 10 G's, you know, because... 
I would direct you somewhere else. But, um, but yeah, just wanted to say that to you guys. Um, I'm over here just going through my list of, um, just list of music that I got here. But, um, like I said in my last episode, I, I'm very into um, instrumentals. So, I like stuff like this. Yeah. Check it out, check it out. No, there's only a few people that I'm really close with, you know, at this age. Um, there's only a few people from high school that I speak with. You know, one of them is, um, we don't speak that much anymore, but my friend Caesar, you know, my friend Caesar, I call him Cees. <clears throat> His father um, recently passed away due to COVID and, um, he was at my hospital and that affected me in such a negative way that I um, I broke down several times several times and um, I think our friendship hasn't quite been the same um, because we had different political beliefs and different beliefs about the vaccines and you know, you can't force someone to do what's right or what's best for them, you know. They got to choose for themselves. So it gets frustrating when you see death daily or when you saw death daily during the pandemic as a registered respiratory therapist and people refuse to listen to your advice. But um, I still love my friend Caesar. I love his family. I love his mom. I love his father. And um, shout out to my friend Cez. Um, Always been a good friend. So I have, that's one of the people that um, from high school that I still speak with. Um, you know, my other friend Benji. We rarely talk, but we still always talk like no time has gone by very very strange you know I shouldn't say strange but we can go like two three years without talking and when we hang out it's just like we're back in first grade he's been my friend since I think kindergarten actually I have long term friendships guys you know when I'm friends with someone it usually usually so far it lasts all my life you know I have a lot of friendships from first grade and kindergarten and I'm not talking people that I know we still talk I'm not talking about that I'm talking about talking on the phone weekly <clears throat> or if not weekly we still talk 
you know so yeah shout out to my friends man shout out to shout out to true friends out there in the world that are there for you that take time to listen when they're even going through hard stuff who have your back when people speak badly about about your character what when people try to assassinate your character it takes balls it takes courage to say hey watch what you say that's my friend you're talking about and i've said that many times at work you know where i work like i said i don't mean to bring it up but it is a big part of my life a lot of toxic people a lot of hypocrites and one of these hypocrites always tries to normalize it this um this filipino girl she's just terrible human being in my opinion but always tries to normalize it well that, that it's like this everywhere and this no it's not like this everywhere i have a couple jobs actually i work at a couple places and i never seen this kind of level of toxicity be normalized so it's not like this everywhere you know and it takes a strong individual to say that you know and i always try to say that but like i said i need a break sometimes it gets draining it consumes you especially when people don't have your back it's difficult it doesn't mean you're wrong but it's hard you know so um i believe in integrity you know, for those of you that don't know, integrity is doing what's right when no one's watching. And um, I try to do that. You know, no matter who's watching, I try to have integrity. <clears throat> Guys, on a different note. I'm in a food coma. I went to a restaurant with some friends and I can't eat like before. I used to eat a burrito and four tacos, like nothing. I'm a big guy. 6'2", six, 6'3", two, six, 250 pounds, 255. <clears throat> I definitely cannot eat like that. and I don't think eating's like that healthy, but I just had two, no, I had three tacos right now. But I mean loaded. Asada, al pastor, and cabeza. With grilled onions, okay? When I tell you it hit the spot, I think I just put a lot, too much sauce on it. You know, I think that's what's getting me right now. <laughs> you guys are like, man, I thought this was a mental health podcast, you know, self-care. Sorry, guys. This is also about my life, so... That's how my night went. You know, we had a few drinks too. You know, I I used to be big on tequila. I still do a shot here and there, but with all my health problems, it's not really recommended. So, been toning that down. Yeah, it's a little past midnight. You know, just feeling the music, feeling the night. Didn't want to go to sleep. 
I took a nap actually um, I took a nap for like two hours earlier so I'm not I'm not sleepy whatsoever you know so let's see what we got here so this song is cool So this background song has a lot of history to it. Me and one of my best friends, Daryl Holly. He's a black dude from Inglewood, from Watts and Inglewood, actually. We were best friends all through my high school. Um, Daryl, me and Daryl. And um, he had a beautiful voice, man. He could sing like Tyrese. I'm, I'm not kidding. And he wanted, he needed someone, actually. To perform with him at a talent show singing this song 112 and uh, I had a girlfriend at the time I wanted to impress her I was like okay <laughs> I don't know what I was getting myself into man but um, we sang this song together and when I tell you man we just blew the roof off the the place we blew the roof off the place man they were bumping this music super loud everybody got off their seat 112 was cracking when i was in high school and we were singing out, out the from the top of our lungs just had that place going wild the best thing about it was that my high school sweetheart was in the audience so could you imagine singing a 112 love song and your girlfriend's sitting like a few rows down? It felt like I was singing to her, you know? But um, it was cool. And that's a memory I will always cherish, you know? And you guys wouldn't know that unless I told you or unless someone that went to high school with me told you. But um, yeah, I sang this song in high school with one of my best friends. And then the mace part, I think I did the mace part. Yeah. <laughs> Problem like we want it. Put cheese on it. Sorry, guys, I'm bobbing my head to this. Me and Puff at the Grammy sitting next to Oprah. Got no platinum hits. The Wall Squad triple platinum hits. Yeah, I definitely did do this part. Junior Mafia, yeah, that's it. Come on. I'm reliving it in my mind. The way you make me feel. Man, so a little bit about me. I went to a lot of different high schools. 
reasons why. It's a lot of reasons why. I got kicked out for fighting in one. Um, my mom moved around a lot as a single parent. Um, me and my ex had a fight in one of the high schools and we, we broke up and um, she deleted like my senior project that I had to save on a USB drive and um, I got a bad grade in that class and she really fucked with my education and I, I just transferred out of that school and you know it's just something that I think was pretty foul but um yeah I moved around a lot as a kid so I was that I was always that new kid I was always learning to adapt in different environments um part of the reason why I've been thinking of transferring out from where I work now because I could adapt anywhere. You know, I, I, I'm there to do good. I'm there to help people. And I don't forget why I'm there. I'm there to provide a service. And I can provide that service anywhere. It's just difficult when you, you have to do it with people that are very negative very toxic very damaging to others very difficult to provide that service when people like that go undisciplined <clears throat> but we'll see we'll see what happens you know I'm a little disappointed on uh, today this weekend there was a festival in LA at the 6th Street Bridge in LA and I wanted to go but I didn't have no one to go with you know I just didn't want to be alone or walking around and not to mention it was like I think it was like over 90 degrees so I didn't want to be in the heat like that so um but one of my friend's bands was performing um the neighborhood orchestra um another band also Motley um, a lot of dope bands were performing and I'm just I'm kicking myself because I missed that yeah guys so um, kind of lost myself with this song taking me back but um, I just want to shout out to anyone that's listening. That's my friend. Thank you for being my friend. Um, thank you for just taking time to listen to me. Because if you're my friend, I'm sh pretty sure I, I share with you my inner thoughts. Um, I believe you should always be um, truthful with your friends and honest. So, um, you know, if you're my friend and you're listening, just thank you for for being there for me either, whether it was once twice or more um i appreciate you guys you know in this life sooner or later our time's gonna come to die and i just want you guys to know that you guys made my life better you know and i hope i did the same for you guys but um yeah that that's the basis of this episode that's the purpose of this episode um 
to let other people know that if you're alone and you feel hopeless surround yourself with some good friends and if you don't have friends like I always say DM me on my Instagram I don't mind being a friend to you you know if you allow me just don't be toxic to me though <laughs> because you'll lose a friend you'll you'll gain and lose a friend in 24 hours you know so um yeah man shout out to to all my friends that may be listening um i hope you guys are doing well <clears throat> wherever you are whatever you're, you're doing um you know we'll do a little tupac here but um you know before i end this episode i just want to say that the way i grew up i lost a lot of friends by the age of 23 maybe nine um about nine more or less but um i consider it such a blessing to still be alive today you know, uh, one of my friends, Richard, I used to walk with him after high school. Not all the time, but a lot of the time because he lived um, a few blocks from my girlfriend's house. So it would always be an excuse to kind of walk with Richard after he got to his apartment or not after. My girlfriend's apartment was before his house, so I, we would always part ways. But um, this is a friend I had when I was 16 years old, maybe 15. And um, I walked with him after school that day, after high school. And once I got to my girlfriend's apartment, he went a few blocks down to his house, right? Anyways... Later on that day, that night, my girlfriend calls me. She goes, have you heard? And I was like, have I heard what? And she told me that that same day I walked with Richard, that maybe an hour later they, they killed him. He got shot. They approached him in a car and they shot him. It must have been within the hour that me and him were walking together. Richard was a funny guy, cool guy. We actually went to the Laker parade together when the Lakers won the championship. And um, we ditched school, I think, that day. <laughs> but um, rest in peace, Richard, you know. He died way too young. I believe he was 15 or 16. So I never feel sorry for myself if, if um, God were to take my life today knock on wood I got a little wooden steering wheel if God were to take my life to today I, I wouldn't be ungrateful or mad you know I would love to be a father I would love to be a husband someday but I would be grateful because a lot of my friends never saw the age of 18 and that's way too young to die you know I have another friend um, Frank Regalado um, Frank was cool, man. In high school, he was always kind of a... With the girls, he was a little flirty. With the guys, he was super funny. 
he always had like that G mentality, that Tupac mentality. He was kind of like a thug life kind of guy, um, but good heart. You know, I remember one time I almost got jumped by like seven seniors and I had a broken arm. So I, I had a cast. I was holding hands with my girlfriend and seven seniors approached me. So just to give you an idea of what kind of problems I had in high school, when when you're a freshman and you're 14 and these people that are 17, 18, seven of them approach you and you have a broken arm. Now that I'm older, I realize how shook I had these people. I realize how scared they were of me, that they had a they were three, four years older seniors going up to a freshman and they wanted like to jump me but I, I was holding my girl's hand when I was walking her to class anyways I took off my I don't know what you call it the splint or I took off like whatever was holding my cast and I was actually going to go along with the fight mind you all they got to do is hit my arm a few times and my, I'm going to need several surgeries to fix that, you know, but um, I remember Frank running, Frank Regalado, no, and he ran and he stood in front of me and he told the seniors, man, if you want to fight him, you got to fight me first. And um, if you guys want to talk about friends, that's what you call a friend. We were both 14 years old. And these are 17, 18 year old seniors all surrounded me. And he was standing in front of me like, nah, I got this, you know, or they got to get through me first. I think teachers saw the commotion. People got involved. The bell rang. They dispersed, you know. But I think that is one of my favorite memories of my friend Frank. So... Throughout high school, you know, we kicked it a little bit after high school. We kicked it a little bit, you know, after you graduate, you're into parties, you know. And um, Frank ended up going to like a club or party. I think he was 21, 22. I, I can't remember really how old he was. But we were we graduated high school already, but he went somewhere to a party or a club somewhere in Pasadena with a friend of his and um, he ended up getting shot and he died they found him I believe in a trunk of a car but um, those are the things that I kind of live with in my life because I remember not because, you know, I want to traumatize myself or anything like that. No, not at all. I remember because there's a way of honoring them. You know, I, I, I always talk about my friend George Castillo, which, which was also murdered in the city of Norwalk. I talk about George Castillo. I talk about my friend Albert Medina that overdosed on meth. My friend Freddie Trujillo overdosed on meth. Frank was murdered. My friend Richard was murdered. I talk about these people because I don't want them to be forgotten.
you know, they're part of who I am, they're part of, you know, how I was brought up. You know, my friend George, before he died, he, he would always call me a preppy gangster. He's like, you're a preppy gangster. <laughs> I never really understood what that meant, you know. I visited him in prison one time, and he kept saying, I'm a preppy gangster. You know, if you know me, the way I was brought up, like... I try so hard to do good in this world, you know, and you see that from a lot of people that have gone through pain. You know, you see that from a lot of people that have been through like vicious fights where they could have died. I've had my eye popped out that if they would have hit it one more time, socked it one more time, I probably would have lost my vision. Those are the kind of physical fights I've been in. And through the grace of God, they didn't. You know, through the grace of God, I'm still here. So I'm grateful for that. <clears throat> I'm grateful for all of that. You know, uh, my upbringing was, was rough to say the least, you know, and people that grew up with me can tell you that. You know, people that grew up with me can tell you that. You know, Curtis, Billy, he can tell you that. You know. A lot of my other friends, you know, that would tell you are not here no more. You know, I got another friend, uh, George Bohorkis. Shout out, George. Uh, he, he was actually best friends with Frank. You know, me and Frank... The last time I saw him, it, it wasn't the best scenario. We were both kind of drunk, and we almost got into a fight. But um, I, I always had love for Frank, and I know he knows that. But uh, my friend Frank, I mean, my friend George Bohorkis, I say his last name because I have a few friends named George. Um, he was best friends with Frank. And me and George still talk, and we reminisce sometimes. You know, where we reminisce sometimes of how how things have changed, you know, how how things are different. So you know, time flies. Time flies. So shout out to Blue. This is the Blue in Exile, Dancing in the Rain. This is an old hip-hop track that when it first came out, it, it really it really hit. You know, the instrumental, the background, the realness, the lyrics. He's, I believe he's from San Pedro. I'm not sure. <clears throat> but, um... But yeah, you know, I'm just reminiscing, guys, sorry. I'm just reminiscing. Reminiscing on, on the past and on my friends. And a reason I just wanted to make this episode title 
you know, the value of friendships. Um, I have so many friends to shout out. Like I said, my friend Juan, uh, he's like a big brother to me. Um, my friend Walter, you know, um, we haven't talked since like after high school, but I had a friend named Walter that saved my life one time. And I guess this is a good episode to mention it. We were at a party in Whittier and um, there was like a lady, older lady, you know, I must have been 22, 23. I don't know. And she sat on my lap and I, I, I remember it was a cool house party. And um, later on, some guy was claiming to be her husband. I don't think it was true at all, but he, it looked like he wanted to pick a fight with me. And um, it got so bad where my friend Walter got up. My friend Walter, if you know Walter, I went to Downey High with him. He... Um, <laughs> He looked like Thor. Um, he was a little on the heavy side, though, like a heavy set Thor. But he had like blonde hair, long hair, and he was Guatemalan, so he looked like a straight up white guy, but he spoke Spanish fluently. Anyways, Walter loved me. He got in between me and the guy. He goes, you know, same shit that Frank did when I was in high school. He's like, hey, you want to go through him, you got to get through me. So. I've always had friends that have really loved me and had my back, you know, and um, the guy said, okay, all right, we'll see when we're outside, you know, I'm going to blast you or whatever. And um, upon him saying that, I was a little tipsy, and this is back when I was like 21, 22. I just heard him say that at that time, I, I used to be strapped. And um, I had a few straps actually in my car. And uh, I remember me and Walter walking out. And um, I was like, what did he say? What did he say? He's like, nothing. He's like, hey, I'm going to blast you. I'm going to blast you. And this is like after they, they stopped the music. That's how bad it was. Like the party stopped, you know. And uh, these were older gentlemen. They were like 30 years old saying they were going to blast me. So I went to my car. I took out my my piece. And I remember I was walking up towards the guy. And this is one of the biggest regrets I have in life. Because I could have ruined my entire life that day. And um, I remember Walter being the first one to see me walking down the sidewalk with my piece. Right? And I had it kind of little on the side of me, like kind of hiding it. And he's like, hey, what do you got there? He's like, he's like, stop, stop, bro, please stop. And I was like, nah, he's going to blast me. I'm going to blast him first. And I remember I, I told Walter to get out of my face, right? And he acted like he was going to let me go, which was pretty smart. And then he tackled me to the ground. And uh, my piece went flying like to the floor, right? And I don't know if I thanked them. I think I thanked them. I don't know if I did, but I woke up the next morning not remembering much besides what I just said to you guys. Um, but I remember waking up next to Walter in the car parked out of Norms. I think it was Whittier. 
man, we must. This must have been like nine in the morning. So I was like, "What happened?" And he explained to me everything that happened, and I was just so disgusted with myself, you know. If I would have killed the guy, I would have ruined my life. You know, and I remember that day, or the next day, I ended up getting rid of all my my weapons, you know. I just knew that, you know, alcohol can really make you do silly stuff, and that's when I learned it, actually. Alcohol can make you do things that you would never do if you were sober, you know, good and bad. But I think mostly bad. So, you know, I I go to church. I go to the New Song Church. And um, my friend MJ, his dad is like a sober uh, recovery coach. You know, he, um, he helps people recover from drugs. And he brings them closer to Jesus. And um, he has an organization called the Magic House where he helps people get sober. And um, a lot of people there can relate with a lot more of what I said, you know. Not everyone there, of course. I'm talking about violence, but I really resonate with that, the Magic House, and with people like my friend MJ because I think they can relate to, to pain, you know. And, um... You know, I just want to shout out Walter. Even though me and him, we had a fallout after that. Like many years later, we had an argument and we we went our separate ways. You got to keep in mind, I was 22, 21. I'm in my mid-30s. But if Walter's ever listening to this or if he ever listens to this podcast, I just want to say thank you, Walter. You saved my life. You know, I could have done something stupid that day. You know, I could have done something very stupid that day. And if it wasn't for my friend Walter, I probably would be in prison right now. Or I would be dead. So, um, you know, shout out to all my friends, first and foremost. And I'm talking about even if we had a fallout. People who were my friends. Um, people who just have been there in my life, you know. You know, part of them will always be with me. So, um, you know, I wish them the best wherever they may be. And, and of course, to my friends that are still riding with me till this day, you guys are more like my brothers. You know, our bond is unbreakable. So, um, yeah, I was just in the mood to do that. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, I'm going to end it like that. All right, guys. Until next time. Peace.